Welcome to Barefoot Autism Warriors podcast. I'm Ninka Benedit Mauritsson and I freed my son from symptoms of autism. This podcast is my way of giving back. I share the unique approach to autism which got my son from one of the most severe cases of endless tantrums, rituals, stimming, sleepless nights, aggression and lack of eye contact to a life without any symptoms. I also share how this journey connected me to my life purpose and made me lose 44 pounds, getting rid of anxiety and depression, plus help my entire family. This podcast is for those who don't subscribe to one-size-fits-all solutions, who do not accept the notion of there's nothing you can do. This podcast is for those who believe in healing, spirituality, biohacking, brain development, ancestral health, and wake-up calls. Autism is a sacred wake-up call, and this is a place to be to wake up to change and transformation. This week's podcast is a compilation of highlights when it comes to news about autism, diet, supplements, testing, what's new and exciting, what's something to be aware of and avoid, what does the experts say right now that you don't read about online or in the newspapers, something you need to know about. So I figured if I am a mom, I'm a journalist, I've been researching this for 15 years, I have a son who is now neurotypical and he has turned all his symptoms around and he's now an adult. And if I still have aha moments when I'm talking to these experts, I think you would like this information too. So I'm, I want to make sure that you know all that I know, so I'm going to share this with you. And I'm also going to bring... The expert in Europe, the expert from Nutrigenomic Medicine, she's the only one I recommend in the whole of Europe when it comes to methylation, when it comes to copper overload, when it comes to under-over-methylation and yeast and pyrrole disorder and these bio-individual underlying issues when it comes to behavioral learning and, and brain disorders. So I'm bringing her on because there are so many misunderstandings and, and parents spend thousands doing tests and buying expensive supplements and going to experts who look at a myopic part of the whole picture. This is a huge puzzle when we need to deal with each and every child. Every child has a unique path and a unique set of pieces of the puzzle. And you, your child, and practitioners and your research phase, you're diving into all the underlying issues with, with autism, understanding the messages that your child is trying to bring to you. That is what's going to determine the outcome, the best possible outcome for your child. So today I want to share my aha moments about methylation, about supplements, about food and things that you possibly don't know. And if you do, you're just amazing. You don't have to listen to this, but maybe you'll share it with someone who doesn't. MTHFR. MTHFR gene testing, SNP variants. It's all over the internet. There are MTHFR experts all over in the alternative autism community. People go and do get gene tests for single SNP variants, or single gene variants. And actually, 
it doesn't really tell you much. So when you go to someone who tests for MTHFR and MTHFR only, and then put you on a protocol based on that single test, you can pro- probably may- be pretty sure that it's not going to work long term. If it does, it's more luck than actual actual knowledge, possibly because MTHFR in itself does not say much about methylation status, whether you're under or overmethylated. You need to include whole blood histamine and look at the SAMI to SAR ratio as well. Um, because if you're undermethylated, so in my case, I have all the dirty genes when it comes to MTHFR, all the variants. And um, I'm, a, I'm an undermethylator. But if I went to someone who only looked at MTHFR, that person would probably give me methylfolate and a protocol and diet and lifestyle advice that will make me worse, including my child who share my, my dirty genes. So in my case, and in many people's case, there's a lot of undermethylators in the field of, in the autistic um, cohort. And uh, undermethylation is linked to folate intolerance, which means that folic acid and uh, excessive amounts of folate, even in the form of green vegetables, can have the adverse effect. So it can increase mood swings and depression and all the other things that is associated with folate intolerance. So it's not logical if you don't study this, if you don't dive into this, how someone who's undermethylated is also folate intolerant. And there's not a lot of talk, talk about this in the community. So I just want you to know that you need to have your whole blood histamine tested as well. You need to make sure that you go to an expert who knows about the Walsh protocols, who, have a, who has a lot of experience in dealing with the bio-individuality and the biotypes, who does know how to do whole blood histamine and uh, gene testing and test for copper overload and pyrrole disorder and yeast as well, and know the difference between under and over methylation because it's really hard to test and it's really hard to regulate. It really is. One thing is the testing, but then comes the protocols and the regulation and the retesting. And if you're not willing to dive into that process with a highly skilled practitioner, don't even bother. So in my case, um, I'm very sensitive to methylfolate. I I go straight into um, mood swings and aggression and depression if I take it. Even if I have high amounts of green vegetables, like if I'm on a green juice diet or if I have green smoothies every day. So in my case, I have to, so this is what my practitioner has has um, given me and my son, is active folinic acid and a bit of methylfolate. So I don't do well with folic acid. I don't do well with methylfolate on its own. And you might not, and your child might not, but you don't know until you try it and test it and work with a really skilled practitioner. So don't waste your time and money on someone who calls themselves an MTHFR expert and only work with that single variant because it's just not good enough. Some people even can only tolerate the the folates that are in greens and they can't even take a supplement so they can't regulate the mthfr um, imbalance by taking supplements 
So that was one aha moment. Don't you think that was interesting? Here's another one about copper. Did you know that so many of our children suffer from struggle with high levels of copper? Copper is great. Copper is necessary. But if you accumulate it and you have high levels of copper, it binds to zinc and B6 and depletes the body from zinc and B6. And that is has a correlation with all the mood disorders that our children struggle with and also health disorders and things like light eating and picky eating, but also the things that has to do with behavior and mood. So if you're high in copper, some of the signs is that you're agitated, aggressive, have anger and anxiousness. And you need to work with someone who can test your levels of copper and seroplasmin, which is the binding that makes sure that copper is safe in the system, to to figure out what levels of zinc and B6 you can regulate this high copper level, at what level you can um, you can take zinc and B6. So in my case, we take 50 milligrams of zinc per day, and then we take um, we take P5P B6, and we take um, we take B6 in its pure form. So, uh, yeah, that was one thing. Just understand that copper is related to depression. It's related to postnatal depression often. And that's because there's a high level of copper in the body during pregnancy because you need blood flow via the umbilical cord and a lot of other functions are related to high levels of copper during pregnancy. But if you can't dump it when you give birth, then we have an issue. So something for you to dive into and research or stay tuned and join the courses, the nerdy courses with me and this practitioner, um, Berenzi, when we offer that to the Barefoot Autism community very soon. Okay, so what else? Did you know that those of us, I'm one of them, who are genetically predisposed for... um, for uh, celiac disease have a higher risk of diabetes later on in life and also higher levels often a prevalence of candida and uh, bulladi fungus in the system. So there's a really good reason for you to stay off gluten and stay on a clean diet if you have the genes that make you more prone to developing celiac disease later in life. Because that is just literally an indication that you have a a tendency for autoimmune reactions. And that can turn out to be celiac disease, but it can also show up as psoriasis or hair loss or anything where the body attacks itself. So even joint problems and uh, skin issues and brain-related issues because you can att- the immune system can go and attack brain tissue as well. And if it's in the cerebellum, it's really bad. It can also lead to thyroid disorders later in life. So a clean diet is always a good idea. And what is a clean diet? Well, it's not a vegetarian diet, but it's a diet rich 
in healthy, organic, preferably biodynamic, non-GMO, non-sprayed vegetables, fruits, berries, nuts and good fats, coconut oil or lard and olive oil and avocado oil. And then organic, wild-caught fish and chicken and game and eggs. That is a clean diet and that's always a good idea for our children. Another big aha moment for me this week was it was a case study where someone wanted the child to have the same probiotic as the adult. In this case, it was the father. But that is not always a good idea because did you know that the microbiome of your child is 90% similar to mother's microbiome and, and only 10% of the dad's. And that's actually really interesting because we also only inherit mother's mitochondrial DNA. So what works for father is not going to work for the child. And mom's lifestyle before pregnancy in her youth will affect the child that she's growing in her belly years on. So my lifestyle as a as a young girl in the city, eating junk food, smoking, drinking, and living the party life, never, never ever thought about living healthy or eating healthy foods until my son got sick and diagnosed, actually. I've been eating standard American diet, European diet, all my life until I had that wake-up call and it was my son who taught me that something had to change and that something was our diet, first and foremost. Yeah, we're going to come up with a course that has to do with what gene testing to do and what to do when you have your genes tested because many of us go and get our genes tested and our children's genes tested and then we don't know what to do with that information afterwards and those tests are not cheap. Diets. Any diet, you can only determine the health and the value of a diet when you have experimented with this diet, not only for yourself, but next generation. So it takes two generations to determine whether your diet is healthy or not. We see this with the vegetarian diets, that it might work for mom for some years, it might not, but when she gets pregnant and when she has her baby, that's when the problems start might start to show up, for example, learning difficulties, behavioral issues, um, premature birth or birth complications. And that can be linked to undermethylation. So let's say someone who's an undermethylated individual lives and eats and breathes a vegan diet or a vegetarian diet based on greens and legumes and and a lot of folate-based foods, and not a lot of protein, which is a very, very unbeneficial diet for someone who's undermethylated, because it increases the risk for oxidative stress, it increases the risk for birth complications, and having a child with issues later on, and, and, and abortions even. That's some of the some of the knowledge that William Walsh and especially Dr. Albert Mensa in Chicago has brought to us. And you can check out my interview on the podcast with Dr. Mensa if you want to learn more about this. But so it is really important to give it time and don't just say that it works for me and it worked for me for three years. So that's a healthy diet. By the way, a diet that's something we take on because we're sick 
So the vegan diet and the vegetarian diets are often something that people take on because they have a disease or they have cancer. But any exclusion exclusion diets that ex- exclude key nutrients like animal-based protein or fats or carbohydrates will not be beneficial long-term. They are not meant for long-term use, and that goes for ketogenic diets as well and, and high meat diets as well. We need a balanced diet and we need to be flexible and we need to be organic because your needs for nutrients and your child's need changes every single day and from week to week and from month to month and from year to year. You need to be able to understand the signs that you need to change the diet. You need to understand the feedback that the body gives you. And that this is what I've, this is one of my missions is what I want to teach people how to interpret those signs and how to navigate from what the body tells you and the soul tells you about your optimal diet and teach your child to do the same. Um, another thing about gene testing I got my report back and I have SNPs, gene variants, that makes it, and I have a lot of them, and so does my child, one of the children, not both of them. This is why we can't just say one size fits all, not even in a family. In my family, we are very different, even though we have some of the same genes and underlying issues. We can't eat the same things. But I have I have gene variants that makes it hard for me to convert glutamate into GABA. That increases aggression, depression, mood swings, anxiety, lack of focus, hyperactivity. Think about your child and think about all those symptoms. What if it's a genetic glutamate-based brain disorder? If it's the case, then bone broth won't be good for you because it's high in glutamate. Same with collagen powder, same with soy sauce, kimchi, kombucha, fermented foods, kraut and bouillon and bone broth. So it's a really important thing to know what genes to test for to understand what diet is actually optimal for you. You can you can make yourself worse by eating healthy foods that's just not a match to your genes and you can make yourself better. So that was one of the things that I really liked about my gene testing was to to understand that I'm someone who's not supposed to eat a lot of the foods that I really enjoy and, and prefer and think highly of, and they're really highly nutritious and healthy, but not for my brain and not for my child's brain. So, uh-uh, no more kombucha and bone broth for us. Another thing, if your child is non-responsive on a gluten-free diet, it might be linked to the microbiome. Because as I said before, the, the celiac genetics, so those who are predis- has, have di- predisposition for celiac disease, have more candida and more saccharomyces in the system, which means that they might not be responsive when they are put on a gluten-free diet. And that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be on a gluten-free diet, but it means that we need to look more into the candida side of the story. And this is how this constantly coming up, this new information just constantly comes out in the biomedical nutrigenomic field, genome uh, epigenetic field, and the nutrient therapy field. New things come up every single month. And the best practitioners get together and they have have group calls and they 
change, clinical experience, and they learn from William Walsh and each other and, and Mensa Medical, and they just get better and better at understanding all these nuances in this field. It's almost like a, a forensic um, examination process is it? It's as complicated and as that, and that's why we cannot get attached to what we know now because things constantly change, and we need to be able to change direction, change diets, and change supplements according to what we learn along the way. Um, the last thing I wanted to say, actually two things, is that our goal is to build resilience. Our goal is not to be afraid of oxalates and carbohydrates and yeasts and fruit and grains and whatever. It is to build resilience so that we can eat almost everything and so that we can stay off track and we and just go crazy for a couple of days and then totally swing back into normality. This sensitivity that some of our children deal with has to do with the phase of regulating, the phase of repairing, and the phase of getting back to balance. When you are in balance, you have resilience, and so does your child. So you, you don't want to get too attached to a diet that is excluding key nutrients. You need to be able to know when to let go of that diet, and it's one of the, the things that I'm very passionate about finding experts that can teach us this because that is just so important um you can actually also have mitochondrial snips so that you have impaired mitochondrial function and yeah i have that and um, there are some some really good supplements that you can take for that i'm going to share that in upcoming courses with you the new kids on the block when it comes to that um, just know that if your child is a light eater, it points towards low zinc. Did you know that? That low zinc is also something that shows up as picky eating. Yes, very important. Um, when we start a new protocol or a new, uh, not protocol, I hate the word protocol. There are no protocols that will fit everybody, but when we start on a supplement or a diet change, we do one thing at the time. So we only take one supplement at the time and then we, we keep a diary and we write down the symptoms. Does it get better? Does it get worse? If it gets worse, then we can continue and then we can add new supplements on. Actually, you need at least a week for each supplement. And uh, when it comes to B12, which is something that some of our children are depleted in, um, methylcobalamin is not necessarily the best form of B12 for everybody. So there's some, some children really have negative reactions when it comes to methylcobalamin. So you can't just give methylcobalamin without noting how the child responds to it. So the, a better solution is hydroxy and adenosyl. So a combination of the two, B12, the hydroxy form combined with the adenosyl. That is the best form of B12 uh, for most people. But again, you need to try it out for yourself. Did you know that a sign of side effects of B6, that sign that you're taking too much of it and you need to stop immediately is vivid dreams, 
bad dreams, vivid bad dreams, tingling and burning skin. If you or your child experience this, you need to think about the B6 and stop doing it if that's what you're doing as a as a supplement. I think that's all we can take for today, but this is just an example of all the exciting things that I learn all the time from the exciting people that I hang out with, and I want to make sure that I share and give back. So this was my giving back. Just wanted to make sure that you know I'm not a doctor, I'm not a, an expert, I'm not a practitioner. I am not here to diagnose, treat, heal, or anything like that. I am just a mom who has turned her son's symptoms of autism around. And anything you try and experiment with, if you try any of the things that I talk about in this podcast, I cannot be held personally responsible for it, neither can my company. So everything is on your own behalf. So this is purely educational and for your information and hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please give me a review. Subscribe to the podcast so you know when I'm going to share my goal with you next time. I love this community and I'm here to empower you to be able to walk with autism, learn from autism, heal through autism and become the tribe leader for your family's healing process just like I was for mine.